Once again, fans, welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. I am Joel Cookson. Happy you've decided to spend a little time with us talking high school sports in the state of Connecticut. Believe it or not, I've managed to actually stay on schedule, at least for a uh, one brief two-week period, and we are back with an every-other-week podcast. That'll be the hope and the goal as we progress through the fall season as the high school sports season is now officially off and running. So we are uh, glad you've decided to spend a little time with us today. We've got three guests lined up for us uh, today. We're going to be talking to uh, a few folks from around the state of Connecticut, a few media folks, trying to get a little perspective on some of the things happening in the early season. We're going to kick things off with Vicki Fulkerson of the Day of New London. Always has good perspective and some interesting feature stories and, and things that she's keeping an eye on in her part of the state. And then we're going to get in touch with Tim Jensen from Patch.com, the sports editor for Patch.com. He's going to talk a little bit about that organization uh, along with some other things. Just another uh, another new guest this time on the CIAC cast. Talk a little bit about the sports coverage that his organization presents. And then CIAC cast uh, returning favorite Mary Albel from Diestat.com will join us. She's going to help walk us through some of the things to watch and uh, keep an eye on as the high school cross-country season progresses in the state of Connecticut. Some uh, some talented, outstanding runners around the state uh, that you're going to want to know about and some big meets, some things, to, uh, stories that you're going to want to track as the uh, season progresses. So lots of good cross-country content for our running heads out there this week as well. So three guests coming up on the podcast. Uh, as always, if you're listening to us, uh, we hope you check us out. You can find the CIAC cast on iTunes. If you listen to us there, please rate and subscribe. You can also find us on Google Play and on Stitcher. All of those links are available at CIACsports.com. Look for the podcast, the CIAC cast podcast icon at the top of the page, and it's got links to all of those places. We hope you'll subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, CIACsports.com is your one-stop shop for all kinds of CIAC and high school sports information. We've got schedules. We've got rosters. Uh, just about anything you can think of uh, to you might need to follow your favorite team, your favorite school, your favorite uh, athlete uh, in the world of high school sports. Also, our Tournament Central subpage has all of the tournament information. As those uh, start to creep towards us here, we're still early in there. Well, I guess we're kind of late in September now, but uh, as we inch our way through October, you're going to want to bookmark that Tournament Central information. On social media, you can find CIAC in a lot of different places. On Facebook, excuse me, on Twitter and Instagram, we are at CIAC Sports. Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. We also have a YouTube channel. If you search for CAS-CIAC in YouTube, uh, lots of great information there. Lots of great videos uh, are we produce here kind of telling our story from uh, the high school sports perspective. So hope you'll check all of that out, CIACsports.com. Uh, at CIC Sports on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash CIC Sports and CAS-CIAC on the YouTube. That's how you can uh, track everything down. And again, uh, find us. Also, uh, one that I never mentioned on your mobile device, if you point your browser to CIACmobile.com, that's a uh, our mobile version of our website. Very, very useful if you're out at a game. Uh, particularly tournament time, but it's got schools information, it's got schedules, it's got directions, and it has a link to the CIAC cast there. So uh, an easy, another way, another easy way to follow the CIAC cast uh, podcast. Let's quickly run through, as we like to do here, uh, things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. Haven't had a ton of updates there. As I mentioned, we just posted a, uh, mentioned our YouTube channel, just posted a video last week called Don't Quit, just a little ode to uh, the high school sports season. Hope you'll uh, check that out. 
We've got another blog actually going to be updating uh, in a matter of minutes here, another blog post, but uh, several blogs from our friends, our partners uh, in Courage, uh, who are an organization trying to support high school athletes and coaches and administrators. Lots of helpful guidance from uh, experts and, and industry leaders in the world of high school sports. So check out Encourage. Um, uh, important link from the NFHS, a new partner uh, from our parent organization, uh, working with a, the crisis text line to provide safe tags for uh, for high school athletes. So an interesting, uh, interesting and important initiative there from our, our partners at the NFHS. Uh, so check that out as well. That's something schools can make use of, and, and I certainly hope that they will because it's a it's really important uh, uh important message there and uh we you from the last uh ciac cast you may remember we had ned griffin on doing his uh his now famous ultimate football itinerary uh and we started a contest uh revolved around that itinerary and there's information about that on ciacsports.com the fan that can prove that they attended the most games out of the 17 that ned highlighted in the last edition of the ciac cast at the end of the school year will earn a uh excuse me at the end of the football season will earn a, a pair of uh, ciac tournament passes so you'll be able to uh, attend as many football uh, postseason games as you can get yourself to uh for free so uh check that out check out the information at ciacsports.com uh, lots of good stuff there, uh, and uh, and keep checking because uh, we're trying to update it uh, regularly with new stories, new features, new pieces of information that are uh, useful for fans of high school sports. So all that said, we're going to get to our guests quickly, like to uh, clear the runway and, and let them have the focus of our episodes here. But, of course, first, we always like to share a message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation, and they remind you that sending – or receiving a text takes the driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds driving at 55 miles per hour this is the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel one text or call could wreck it all an incredibly important message uh, from our partners at the connecticut department of transportation and speaking of partners, let's get on the phone now. We're going to reach out to uh, Vicki Fulkerson of the Day of New London. Always a, a joy to talk to Vicki. She, uh, she always prepares diligently for our podcast and has great, great stories, great insights about the things that are happening in her neck of the woods. Always enjoy when I can get on the phone with Vicki Fulkerson from the Day of New London. Does a wonderful job covering a variety of sports uh, on the high school beat uh, in, down in that part of the, the, the state. So, Vicki, uh, we want to, do, uh, to get in touch with you. Welcome back to the CIAC cast. Oh, thank you so much. It's good to good to talk to you. Great to have you with us, Vicky. So, while we uh, why don't we start off here? What are some of the stories? Some of the things that are uh, keeping your attention and that you've got your eye on here as the high school uh, sports season uh, starts rolling along. So far this season, there's been a couple of soccer teams that have been doing better than they did last year. Oh, great! Um, and and it's it's been it's been really interesting to to watch. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about so. The Old Line Boys soccer team mm-hmm. uh, has been four twenty three and five over the last two seasons, and uh, their their coach left. He was he was a really good coach. He was there for several years. Um, they always did well in class S. Um, they they got a new coach this season. Uh, the athletic director Hildy Heck hired a lady uh, to coach the oh, boys soccer right. team. Allie Allie Gleason, her name is, mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. If ever, I'm not sure if it's happened in boys' soccer before. Um, but so she, 
her dad, Paul Gleason, is the head girls coach, and they've won four straight Class S championships, right. state championships. And so Allie is now the boys coach. He's not on their dad's staff anymore, which he misses her a lot. But <laughs> So Allie, Allie took over um, coaching the O-line boys, and um, they're undefeated. <laughs> nice. And, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if she expected, like, their, their goals before the season, she said they, they set their goals to, to make the Shoreline Tournament, to make the Class S Tournament, because they, they haven't done that in a couple years. And um, so far, so their their goalie is amazing. And um, earlier this year, uh, I was at a game, but I wasn't covering it. And I saw the goalie. His name is Ryan Tetrault. Um And I, I saw him play a game against East Lyme, and he was just flying all over the place. And it, it was Old Lyme's opening game of the season, so I didn't know what to expect. Like, I I thought maybe, you know, they'd get beat a couple times, but sure. still, still do better, but you know, not be great, and um, they they won that game, and he was just flying all over the place, so so um, this past Tuesday, I, they were playing Old Seabrook, who's the defending Class S champion, and I still went, like, not sure quite what to expect, although I knew that kid wasn't going to let in too many goals, and he, he, had, he hadn't allowed a goal yet this season going into that game, so he, he allowed one goal early. And it was like kind of a, a miscommunication with his with a defender. Like a kid passed it back to him, and he wasn't there. And the offensive guy kind of snuck in and tapped it in. And so it was just a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. But um, so they w- they went to the second half. De- uh, old line was trailing Old Sabres one to nothing, and um, a boy Avery Welch uh, scored a goal with about nine minutes, nine and a half minutes left to play. And and then all of a sudden, Old Saybrook started, you know, shoot, getting all these shots off against the goalie, and he he stopped them all. So they finished in a one-one tie because they don't play overtime in the Shoreline Conference, even right. when there's no mosquitoes. They don't play <laughs> overtime in the Shoreline. So um, this this kid Ryan, and he's a lacrosse player, and he wants to go to college to play lacrosse. He's not even going to play soccer. He's a long stick midfielder, and he wants to play lacrosse in college. But he's an amazing goalie, and uh, like with 30 seconds left, Old Saybrook had a corner, and it, it it was like a direct shot on goal from the corner, and he, he like his leaping ability is amazing. He's not that tall; he's about five eight, but um, his leaping ability, and um, he he dove and punched one out one time, and one time he he mistimed his jump, but it hit off his chest, and then he fell on it, and he's just really entertaining and ac- acrobatic to watch, and so. They're undefeated, so hopefully they can, you know, k- keep it going. Like that wow. old, old Saybrook was a better team than them. Than them, they have 17 returning seniors and like big, strong, physical kids, and they were really fast. But there's something scrappy about Old Lyme this season. So yeah. they they've already matched their win total from last year. So hopefully they can keep building. You know, they might lose a couple, but hopefully they can keep building on that. Yeah, um, and then. Uh, a a girl a girls team uh, East Lyme, which they they traditionally have a, a really strong program. They've gone uh, they won a bunch of ECC tournament titles in a row. They had like a, a five year span where they were practically undefeated. Um, but uh, la- last year they only won four games. They had a whole bunch of injuries, a whole bunch of young kids. And then because they're in ECC Division One, like 
they have to find like some of their own games outside the ECC sometimes, mm-hmm. and they play a really really tough schedule. So sure. last year they just just uh, they they lost a bunch of you know one goal games and just didn't make the state tournament. And um, so the the other day they were playing Woodstock Academy, which is the defending ECC Division One tournament champion, mm-hmm. and East Lyme beat them four to one. Oh wow! Um, so now all of a sudden they're undefeated in their division. They're four one and one overall, and three and zero oh in their division. And uh, they they play Woodstock again at Woodstock on the sixteenth, which will probably de- de- decide the division. But um, the co- the head coach there, Rachel Redding, uh, she she's been the coach there for a while, like thirteen or fourteen years. Mm-hmm. Uh, she la- last week they were they were struggling a little bit to score. Um, they lost to Old Lime Girls early, and um, she moved her her best defender, Angie Venditti. She moved her from defense to the midfield, and then the midfielder Olivia Catanzaro. She moved her from the midfield to the forward spot. And so against Woodstock, uh, Cat and Zero had two goals and an assist, and they it was scoreless at halftime. And then all of a sudden, they just came out in the second half and started scoring all over the place. So there's two, there's two teams, and it, it's always nice when when it's like a different storyline. You know, it's some something um, something different from last year. Absolutely. Or, or you know, yeah, not no. that it's horribly surprising but it's just it's just something different you know yeah no question about it different kids yeah no you get a little uh, a little variety never hurts uh, for the for those covering the the high school sports beat a little uh, a yeah. little bit of a different flavor any uh, any sort of individuals any interesting kind of uh, athlete stories that you've uh, you've been tracking at least uh, in the early season thus far uh, you've got me mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I already talked about that that goalie I was just going to talk about um, there's a couple um, upcoming interesting things to, like, watch out for. Okay, that's Could fine. Let me I'll, that? I'll, uh, I'll ask that question then. Hold on one second. Okay. So those are uh, a couple of interesting uh, teams so far. Anything kind of on the horizon? Any interesting uh, games or matchups or, or sort of stories that you're looking uh, looking forward to as we go through the rest of the fall? It, um, next, next week there's a, a couple of big games coming up and they're all on the same day so i don't know which ones i'm going to be going to but <laughs> um but uh ne- next thursday uh which would be the third october third uh east lime and stonington play field hockey at east lime uh they they tied for the ecc tournament title last year stonington has won 10 straight ecc regular season titles but they ended up tying for the tournament title last year um, so, so they play next week for the first time this season. So that'll be interesting to see how they match up. Stonington's really young this year, mm-hmm. and also this the same day, East Lime and NFA boys and girls cross country run at um, at the Rose Garden at NFA. Okay. Um, they're they're all undefeated. East Lime boys, NFA boys, East Lime girls, NFA girls are all undefeated so far this season. And um, East Lyme boys are the two-time defending state champions, but they lost um, their their individual state champion. Sam Whitaker is at Bucknell now, running for Bucknell mm-hmm. um, Division One. Um, but but Chris Abbey is a senior this year, and he actually won the ECC championship last year. So he's like the holding down the fort kind of this year. But um, all the all both teams have a lot of talent. 
uh, boys and the girls. So, sure. So that'll be interesting, and that's next Thursday, October 3rd also. A busy day. Um, yeah. So there, there's a lot going on. It's still really early in the season, so you there's still some surprises left, I'm sure. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, lots good of good stories. stuff. Uh, Vicky Fulkerson does a uh, does an unbelievable job keeping track of everything, uh, all the comings and goings, and and always some of the the best features and and uh, profiles of athletes uh, in the state. We love seeing uh, all your good stuff, Vicky. So uh, thanks oh, so much. Thank you so much. Thank you much for uh, for checking in and, and getting us updated on some of these great stories. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you a little bit later in the fall, perhaps. Great. I look forward to it. Thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure chatting with Vicky. She uh, she is a passionate uh, observer of high school sports, uh, as you could tell from uh, from speaking to her. She does a wonderful job. Uh, some of my favorite, uh, and I shouldn't say that we have lots of uh, imme- imme- an immense number of great uh, storytellers and reporters around the state covering high school sports. But she really, uh, you can tell she she has a passion for high school athletics and a, particularly a passion for the kids. I think that's uh, apparent if you've read her her writing and her story. So always, uh, always enjoy talking to Vicki and hearing uh, what she's covering and what she's got her eye on uh, down in that part of the state. Moving along now, uh, someone who's covering a, a whole big portion of the state. We're going to get on the phone with Tim Jensen, the sports editor for Patch.com. Always excited when we can welcome a first-time guest on the CIAC cast, and that is the case this week as we welcome in Tim Jensen, who is the sports editor for Patch.com in Connecticut, also a news editor for one of the regional sites, and uh, we brought him in to talk a little high school sports and also uh, talk a little bit generally about some of the great coverage that Patch uh, provides for high school sports across the state of Connecticut. So, Tim, thanks so much for being with us, and uh, welcome to the CIAC cast. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate it very much. All right, so let's get started here, kind of uh, generally speaking. For, for folks who don't know, uh, tell, a li- tell us a little bit about Patch.com and, and specifically kind of the high school sports coverage that, uh, that you're working hard to provide for folks uh, across the Connecticut. Well, Patch is a nationwide media corporation formed about 10 years ago out of New York City, started in uh, northern New Jersey and was originally owned by AOL, America Online, for those of you who remember that. <laughs> and it's now owned by uh, the Hill Global Corporation. And basically we have about 1,200 community-based websites around the country, including 75 right here in Connecticut. Uh, the idea is to give hyper-local news and sports and information about the towns on each town's respective website. I personally handle six websites, plus I am the sports editor for all of Connecticut. Our sports coverage, mainly during the year, because I am by myself covering the whole state, consists of a nightly roundup of scores for all sports throughout the state of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And at state tournament time, coverage begins to increase, and we cover as many state championship games as we possibly can. All right. So as you're sort of uh, working your way through that, what is uh, how how has that coverage uh, had changed or expanded, or, or what is what can sort of things can folks look for on Patch uh, that maybe they can't find uh, other places, either in the world of sports or, or in general? Well, in all honesty, my nightly score roundups are pretty much other than you know, the CIAC website itself. The only place to find all scores from the previous day in one place. Most publications are kind of regionalized. We are the only ones that put up all the scores in one story in one place. Mm-hmm. So anybody ranging from Greenwich to Enfield to New London can all find the scores 
in one click of a button. There you go. Uh, what you you talked a little bit about uh, your your role as sort of the uh, the the solo sports editor and kind of uh, collector of uh, of things there. What uh, what sort of things are you looking for? As you said, getting into the the state championship time. What kind of coverage and and how much sort of are you able to do and and can folks find on Patch once uh, the high school sports uh, championship season uh, begins, which uh, somehow always comes up faster than we expected to, even though we just started the fall season. Yeah, it sure does. We're already into the fall season, and it seems like state tournaments are just around the corner, even though we still have <laughs> roughly another month and a half. But, um, again, being a one-man gang, I don't really get out to cover games during the year, which is what I used to do uh, back in the old days mm-hmm. when I was in uh, the newspaper business. For those of you who remember newspapers, <laughs> things that people used to read in the morning with their coffee. Um, it's, it's difficult. You know, we've got over 100 high schools here in the state of Connecticut, and um, regular season coverage doesn't really seem to translate well to an online product um, like we have. It's just um, hard to single out any one particular game on a given day. And I've also, for many years, I've been in the media business for over 30 years, always been a firm believer in trying to make sure that every Sport get some sort of coverage, mm-hmm. not just the high-profile or major sports like basketball and football. Sure. So, so singling out regular season games is a little bit difficult. That's why um, I, I do content myself to provide the roundup of scores every night because it is hard to find sometimes. Sure. Um, I encourage our member schools to publish the results on your CIEC website, which I feel is the best place to get them. Mm-hmm. There's a Difficulty with some of the sports that don't seem to want to report their scores. I hate to single them out as an old cross-country runner, but cross-country <laughs> scores are very hard to come about. <laughs> this is true. And swimming. I don't know why, but for some reason, swimming is difficult to uh, to track down. But I do my best diligently every single night. I'm up late at night to do that so that people can get up in the morning and in one click find out the results from the previous day, not just, as I said, for the for the more glamorous sports, but for the for the non mainstream sports, cross country and swimming and volleyball and and uh, you know indoor track during the winter time, and those sports, uh, golf. I love to report uh, golf scores. Absolutely. But um, tracking track, getting everybody to track them down and and report them to your website is a little bit difficult. But I'm certainly giving it my best shot, and we are seeing more and more people doing that as we go along. Great. Um, you talked a little bit, obviously the hyper local, and you said you're uh, you're you're up in the uh, the the sort of north northern section uh, of the state of Connecticut. Uh, any sort of local coverage that you've been providing uh, that that is sort of in the sports realm? Any stories that you're sort of tracking uh, in your part of the state that uh, that folks might be interested in as we uh, we progress through the fall season? One thing that I have been doing is uh, trying to get the athletic directors who obviously know their own athletes better than any one of us would, um, to provide good leads on some feature stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Features are always something that I enjoy doing, um, you know, as a, as a difference from the everyday uh, game reporting, sure. score reporting, game coverage. And feature stories in the sports world can be absolutely fascinating. Um, I had one, wasn't really recent, but it was about two years ago, about a very unique situation where there's a one-handed ice hockey player at the uh, high school level mm-hmm. playing with the Tritown Co-op up here in northern Connecticut. Yeah, Ice hockey is a difficult sport as it is to play with <laughs> yes. two hands. They only have one, and to use a prosthesis and a specially custom-designed uh, stick 
is pretty remarkable. And when he scored a goal in a game against Newington in his freshman year, it really, really drew my attention, and I ended up doing a feature story on him because it's such a unique situation. In fact, it was so unique that the story was actually picked up by USA Today and ran yeah. a couple of days after I published it. So stories like that of, of, of people doing wonderful things, not necessarily their, their on-field exploits, mm-hmm. but uh, things that, that they do off the field in their community, those are the kind of things I like to, uh, like to feature. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, I've been, uh, you know, following uh, some of your coverage. I know you've uh, have a, a legendary uh, field hockey coach uh, up in that part of the state that recently had a uh, a field dedication there. What was that? Uh, what was that all about? Well, the field dedication uh, was an interesting story, actually, up here in Enfield, which is, happens to be my hometown. Um, the field hockey coach, Koki Brummage, was here for 52 years. He started <laughs> the program. In 1967, when I was actually two years of age, I'm about to be 54. <laughs> so she won five state titles during her heyday in the 80s and 90s and is the type of person that everybody just adores. She's never called anyone by their actual name. They're either honey or dear or sweetheart. <laughs> and there's not one person that doesn't respect her, not only as a coach and as a former teacher, but as, as, a, as a human being. And um, she finally retired this past June. And um, the field at Enfield High School, the playing surface itself, was dedicated in her name as Cookie Brummage Field last weekend. Mm-hmm. The field had been named after basically the father of Enfield High School sports, the late Carl Angelica, back in 1979. Right. And with the um, agreement of his family... The stadium itself was named after him at that same ceremony on Saturday, freeing the way to name the playing surface after Cookie Brummage. It was a wonderful affair that uh, that the late Carl Angelica's two sons were able to attend That's from great. the Cape Cod and Boston areas. And it's things like that, again, that aren't the everyday things that you see reported on. And um, but, but, but a unique situation like a 52-year coach... Uh, I had written a story about Cookie Brummage when she retired back in the late spring, mm-hmm. and that story was so in-depth that it was picked up by USA Field Hockey, the governing body for the um, Olympic team. Right. Yeah. No, she's uh, she's certainly uh, – there There are a handful of coaches that, that have that kind of uh, longevity and, uh, and sort of legacy of impact. And, yeah, Cookie uh, has been involved in our CIC uh, tournament committee as well for field hockey for, for many, many years and uh, is, is well, as you said, beloved and uh, respected around the state. So that was great, uh, great to see that uh, Enfield found a way to uh, – to recognize and sort of uh, commemorate her impact. So, Tim, uh, part of the other reason that uh, you, you came across my radar, at least as a, a potential podcast guest, was I saw you were uh, just selected or just elected uh, to a third term uh, leading the Connecticut Sports Writers Alliance. It's a group that we've talked about every now and then on the podcast, but thought uh, uh, given that, uh, that that selection might be another opportunity. So tell folks a little bit about, uh, about that organization and, and what that position entails as uh, the head of the Connecticut Sports Writers Alliance. Well, for some history, the Connecticut Sports Writers Alliance formed 80 years ago in 1939. And at the time, of course, newspapers were the big media outlet. Uh, television was very, very much in its infancy, and radio wasn't, uh, wasn't a whole lot older. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we had no Internet or anything like that. So 
newspapers was the way to go, and this organization of different newspapers from around the state formed uh, in 1939, and in 1940 decided to initiate something to recognize great uh, sporting figures from the state of Connecticut by inaugurating the Gold Key Dinner. Mm -hmm. The first one was in 1940, and recipients included legendary uh, American League baseball manager Connie Mack and uh, golfing legend Bobby Jones, who mm-hmm. um, was the founder of the Augusta National Golf Club. Right. The Gold Key Dinner has been ongoing ever since, with the exception of a three-year hiatus during World War II. We just had induction dinner number 78 this past April, with five Gold Key recipients, including ESPN founder Bill Rasmussen, who flew in from Seattle to accept that award. Number 79 is in the works. The new class has just been elected. We're pending hearing uh, acceptances from the from the electees, so not at liberty to disclose the names at this time, but mm-hmm. we'll be happy to very, very shortly. All right. The gold key is somewhat, it's not a Hall of Fame, but it does recognize the outstanding contributions of athletes, coaches, and administrators in, in the sporting world here in Connecticut. Absolutely, and uh, and I know along with uh, you know the the sort of uh, top of the ticket gold keys, there's many other awards that are given out at the the ceremony, including high school uh, athletes of the year, male and female, uh, and uh, and lots of other uh, community kind of heroes, uh, people that really uh, are contributing to the world of high school athletics and and athletics in general in a lot of towns. So it's really a great. Uh, great event and we will uh look forward to seeing uh seeing those nom- those uh selections uh announced in the uh in the coming weeks so tim we uh we appreciate your time really appreciate you uh get car- carving out a few minutes as you said you were up late uh, last night uh, uh collecting scores so we uh want to let make sure you uh you get some time to rest here talking to us early in the morning but keep up the good work with patch.com and the and the sports writers alliance it's a it's a great outlet great site great uh, resource for folks looking for uh, for local content including uh high school sports content so we appreciate it sir and uh we'll talk to you soon here on the podcast thank you joel appreciate you having me on that was a nice conversation with Tim. Hope uh, folks will consider checking out Patch.com, get some of uh, your local news, your local sports Three, news as one. well. And then they do, as Tim said, do an excellent job uh, trying to cover as much ground uh, during the CIC tournaments as they possibly can as well. So we go from a, uh, a first-time guest to uh, maybe our most frequent guest here on the CIC cast. Always love getting on the phone with Mary Albel uh, because she is so dedicated to covering uh, cross-country and track and field in the state of Connecticut. So let's get out to, uh, to Mary and hear what we've got uh, coming up for us in the high school cross-country season. Maybe our most frequent guest on the CIC cast because she always responds promptly when I email her, but also because she has a, a wonderful knowledge of the world of track and field and cross country in Connecticut, and that is Mary Albel from diestat.com. Mary, thanks for joining us as always. Absolutely. Happy to uh, always talk running with you. We're very happy to do it. So the, uh, the cross country teams actually got started a little before every other sport uh, this fall. And so we wanted to, to check in with Mary and see, uh, as we've got the season mostly still ahead of us, some of the things that she's interested in and maybe some of the stories that have jumped out uh, through the early part of the season. So let's start there, Mary. Just kind of big picture uh, as you were getting ready to, to cover the, the 2019 high school cross country season in Connecticut. What were some of the stories or, or, um, or, or teams or, or things that kind of jumped out at you from a big picture? perspective that you're hoping and planning to follow this fall? Yeah, I think um, just kind of jumping right into it on the boys' side, you know, we have a lot of strong returners and a lot of um, underclassmen. Um, You have Aiden Puffer of Manchester, 
Um, you have Gavin Sherry of Connard. Both have started off strong, um, strong starts to the season, and those are two sophomores um, who will contend for state open titles and will be seen kind of battling back and forth all season. So those are two runners on the boys' side that I think will make an interesting storyline. And then you add in Xavier's Robbie um, Cozen of of Xavier is a senior, and he's coming off a national 5K championship. Mm-hmm. So um, he's, you know, the the favorite, I would say. But um, it's a really competitive mix. And these guys, you know, they're top in New England, but um, some of the top guys in the nation, which is really impressive. On the girls' side, um, a name that we all should be familiar with, Kate Weiser. Yep. Um, she's a junior at Pomperog, you know, kind of battled some injuries. Last track season, so we didn't really get to see her that much. Um, but it sounds like she's healthy, and um, I believe she'll be debuting this weekend in New York um, at um, one of the kind of the top meets in the Northeast. So um, she'll be off and running. It'll be interesting to see how she does. Um, but yeah, I would say just kind of you know the usual teams again this year. Um, Conard has a really good shot on the boys' side to um, contend for a state open title, again led by Gavin Sherry. So, um, but again, you have those familiar names: Danbury Staples, you know, on the girls' side, Danbury Ridgefield. Um, but um, again, you know, just a really competitive field this year. Yeah, no, no question. Certainly, as you said, I was looking through the uh, the individual results, at least on the boys' side, from the state open last year, and there was uh, a lot of seniors in that mix at the top. So that uh, this suggests that we've got some, um, you know, some some shoes to be filled, so to speak, uh, coming through there. You mentioned Kate Weiser, obviously, uh, the was some of the, one of the big stories on the girls' side uh, last year. Who are some of the the threats maybe to challenge her, or if not challenge her to? Uh, and maybe push her uh, to, to some top times. Who are some of the other individuals uh, in the, the girl co- girls' competitions that you think uh, could make some noise this fall? Yeah, for the girls, I think it's really interesting. Um, I don't know the last time we've had so many underclassmen return, but the top six girls all from the State Open are all back. Wow. Um, and that's pretty unique. I mean, you have Claire Daniels of New Milford, uh, Marie Noble of Greenwich. Um, she's come on strong. She had a really great race um, winning Wilton Invitational a few weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Elizabeth Stockman of Rocky Hill. If she can stay healthy, um, she's a threat. Jenna from Hall. Um, all these girls, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, keeping them healthy. It's a long season all the way till November, so a lot can happen. Um, but I think, you know, the coaches know what they're doing. You know, they're, they're not killing them these, uh, the first month in September. Um, but, yeah, it should be really interesting. I don't want to say it's a runaway for Kate Weiser. I think all these girls, you know, have the potential as, as they've grown, you know, throughout the summer um, to challenge her. So it will be a pretty competitive field yeah. for the girls. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to uh, to seeing some fast times uh, throughout the fall. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the championship uh, from the Wilton Open uh, early. Any other results, you know, sort of as we've gone, uh, I guess probably three weeks now into the, the cross-country season, uh, competitive season, any other results that have sort of uh, jumped out to either as surprises or just, uh, you know, kind of caught your eye uh, so far this season? Yeah, I would say last weekend um – a name I just mentioned, Aiden Puffer of Manchester. They went all the way to New Hampshire and competed at the Manchester Invitational, um, a competitive 
course and meet where you'll see some of the other teams from New England. Mm-hmm. Um, and he won the race. He defeated the Vermont State champion by 17 seconds. Oh, and wow. he actually took 33 seconds off his time from last year. And it was a hot day. So um, <laughs> that's a great opening, you know, kind of statement from him. Um, and then interesting, you know, Danbury always, you know, they find meets outside of the state. They traveled all the way down to Cary, North Carolina to compete at the oh, wow. Adidas um, Cross Country Challenge last weekend. Um, 14th, I think, out of like 33 teams. Um, so a decent showing, and, you know, it's always great to to see some new teams and get some race experience on a course, you know, mm-hmm. not in Connecticut. So those those types of things can only benefit them come, you know, late October, November. And then um, a few of the top runners, like I mentioned, you know, Kate Weiser, Robbie Cazone, they have not opened up their season yet, but both should be running this weekend. Go. Um, it's about an Invitational, um, which is home of the NX and North East Regional. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what those two can do. Um, again, you know, Robbie's kind of the favorite, I would say, so it'll be interesting to see um, what kind of shape he's in and what time he puts down this weekend. Yeah, no question about it. Certainly uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing some good things uh, th- throughout the fall. Any other, uh, maybe uh, you, you mentioned a lot of the, you know, familiar faces, familiar runners and teams. Any teams that maybe um, haven't been in the mix or, or that, you know, in, in previous years or, or teams that you think maybe, you know, are just uh, might be a little different that, that we haven't seen competing for championships? Obviously, the state open is, is a different matter, but, you know, maybe at the right. class level or, or anything like that. Some teams maybe off the radar a little bit that you're uh, just keeping your eyes on. I don't know if they're completely off the radar, but they don't get mentioned a ton. Um, they did win the Class L championship last year for the girls, E.O. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, they're coming off a great win at the Haddam Wyndham Invitational. They won that. Um, so I would say, you know, they might be a team to, you know, maybe contend for a state open. Again, like you said, you know, it's a whole different beast when you come <laughs> to the state open. Right. Um, but they might sneak in. Who knows? Um and then Pomperog, I'm interested to see what they can do as a team, led right. by Kate Weiser. Um, I think they're pretty young, but, again, I think they're going up there as a team this weekend to New York. So um, they might be a team to keep an eye on. And, again, um, Connard, but they're not really – I mean, they, they've got some great runners at Gavin Sharon. They're not really sneaking up on anybody. but. Sure. For the boys, you know, you always hear about Staples, Danbury, Xavier, those type of big powerhouse programs. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Connard's definitely going to be in the mix this year for the boys. Looking forward to it. Any um, any sort of big regular side? Obviously, we know about the CIC championships, or at least hopefully folks do at Wickham Park, which is uh, one of the maybe busiest days, the class meet, maybe one of the busiest days of the, uh, the CIC calendar as you get swarms of people descending on uh, Wickham Park in Manchester, but uh, and then followed by the State Open. But um, any regular season meets uh, kind of on the calendar that you've really circled and sort of say, all right, this will be interesting and want to see kind of where things are shaping up. Obviously, the, uh, the the league championship meets are always kind of a good or can be a good barometer for where teams are heading into the championships. But what about the regular season? Any meets that you've particularly circled and you really want to see, uh, you know, how, how teams and individuals are progressing along the way? Yeah, um, I would say just like you mentioned, you know, going back to Wickham Park, um, it's the Wickham Park Invitational in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you'll see it's probably the biggest meet in Connecticut. Um, you'll see a lot of the top programs in Connecticut. Um, 
but you'll see teams from Rhode Island, New Hampshire, um, Vermont come down. Sometimes some teams from New York will come. But I think you'll get a really competitive field this year just because um, New England's will be held this year at Wickham Park. So a lot of teams are coming down to check out the course, right. you know, a month in advance, just get a feel for it. Um, so I believe, you know, we have Staples, Xavier, you got Manchester, Connard on the boys' side. So I think this is going to be a really good kind of mid-season um, meet invitational mm-hmm. to see where these top teams are at. Um, I remember last year Xavier, I think, took third place, and this is kind of like a reality check for them. Hey, you know, this is where we're at. Like, we need to do better. Right. So um, I think this is a really good meet for a lot of those, the top teams, and to see teams from outside of the state of Connecticut. Awesome. So that's, uh, that's one that uh, cross-country fans will certainly want to challenge, and you're going to want to check out the results and, and maybe see uh, what, has, uh, what has shook out and maybe if there are any surprises uh, that are kind of emerging or, right. or athletes that, uh, that are off to a, a particularly good start. So lots of good stuff. Uh, cross-country has produced some of uh, maybe some of the best, uh, you know, sort of nationally uh, credible athletes here in Connecticut over the last uh, five, ten years, and uh, looks like we've got another good season on tap. So, Mary, we know uh, – you will be on top of it. Uh, check out her work at diestat.com and uh, and keep up, keep it up. We'll uh, we'll see you out at Wickham Park probably at the Invitational and then uh, certainly in Championship season. We appreciate it as always. Absolutely, thanks, Joel. Thanks as always to Mary Albel. The bat signal goes up and Mary is uh, is quick to respond when I want to talk a little cross country and track and field here on the CIC Cast Sports that maybe don't get uh, the coverage that uh, that that some of the other sports do uh, throughout the fall and the spring and winter. But uh, we try to make sure we we at least t- tip dip our toes into the waters of cross country and track and field here on the CIC Cast when we can, and uh, and Mary is a big part of that. So always thankful when we can chat with her. Thankful as well to Vicki Fulkerson of the Day of New London and Tim Jensen of Patch.com. Check out all of their great work. Uh, hope you will uh, support them and, and all the good work they're doing for high school sports. And, uh, and thank you for listening to the CIC cast. That's going to do it for this week's edition. We will try and, uh, as I said, endeavor to stay on our every other week posting uh, schedule here, give you some more conversations about the high school sports or other interesting topics around the world of high school sports in Connecticut. As always, you can follow us and uh, subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, if you do that there, you can rate and leave us a review. That's a nice thing. You can find us on Google Play and on Stitcher as well. CICsports.com has all of those links for you, depending on your preferred method of, uh, of podcast consumption. Also, as I said, CIACmobile.com on your mobile device has a direct link to the latest episode of the CIAC cast. Uh, check us out on social media, of course, our website, CIACsports.com, but follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CIACsports, Facebook.com slash CIACsports, and on YouTube, CAS-CIAC. Uh, check out our channel there as well. So I believe that's going to do it. Three great guests, three great conversations, and uh, a lot of great listeners. We thank you very much for joining us. Hope you'll be back with us when we return for another edition of the CIAC Cast. <laughs>